Yo, what up? It's your boy, Cool Shep. This podcast is brought to you by my boy, Joey T. And Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts. Hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, Sixers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Trust the Podcast. We're not doing too much Sixers today because... We are doing a mock draft for the 2022 NBA draft coming up next month. And to help me out doing that, I've got two of my fellow Penn Staters making their first appearance on the podcast. Dylan Price, Thomas English are here. What is going on, guys? Thanks for joining me. Happy to be on. This should be some fun. I'm not talking about the Sixers, but talking some basketball. So it should be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Appreciate you having me on. You know, I wasn't. Gonna plan on coming on because you are a Sixers fan, no oh Bulls, but uh, you know, had to come on and represent for my Chicago team for sure. I mean, me and Tom are fortunate; we'll be able to make some picks for our team in this mock draft. Dylan is a Lakers fan, and unfortunately, their pick is in the hands of the Pelicans at eighth overall. But nonetheless, Dylan's being a good sport here. I mean, he just had a great draft with the Jets. He's also a Jets fan coming from New York, right, Dylan? So. You know, I think I think it's kind of a give and take thing for you here, right? Yeah, I'm riding high on that. Although I would love to have this pick. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't because uh, we have a LeBron problem that'll get solved. Uh, <laughs> we can, we can address that another time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So how do we, how do we want to do this? Who wants first pick? I mean, I have two guests. I would usually give the guest it, but I got two guests here today. So we'll give Dylan the first pick since he doesn't have his own team's pick in this draft. And Tom, you can have two. I'll go three and we'll go from there. So just kicking, getting right into things. Orlando won the lottery. They've won the lottery three times before and they nailed every pick. Chris Webber, Shaq, Dwight Howard. They got a lot of pressure on them coming in this draft. Who do you think they should go with? You know, it's tough. I feel like there's three guys. It could be here. It pretty much boils down to Jabari, Chet, or Apollo. Um, I'm going to go Jabari. I think that he is starting to pull away, at least in the eyes of the media, as the top consensus guy. And I think they just need a go-to, all-around, do-it-all kind of guy. And I think Jabari can do it on both ends of the court. So I think he would be the best pick for the Magic here. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I, I really like Jabari Smith. I had him first overall in my list that I, that I compiled. But just... He didn't make it too far in the tournament, unfortunately, but that jump shot is Orlando right now. They have a lot of lengthy wing defender type guys and then some heat check guys like Cole Anthony. They don't have the pure number one option. I think Jabari Smith can bring that. He can play some defense and he can definitely, definitely make some jumpers. Tom, do you agree that Jabari is the top prospect on the board? So I'm pretty split between him and Chet. I'm not upset if he goes number one. I think he's, you know, as far as raw skill goes, I think he's probably the best player um, in the draft. But I'm not sure about fit. I just I I'm, I don't know why they wouldn't take somebody like Chet at number one just because of that defensive aspect. You know, mm-hmm. Chet is crazy with his defensive IQ, and I think he would be a good fit for Orlando. But like I said, I'm not upset at all that they went with Jabari here. Yeah. So, Tom, you got number two and you kind of just for, uh, forecasted who you're going to take. But for the Thunder, yeah, the tank was for the, successful. For the Thunder, I would definitely go Chet, um, you know, seven foot from Gonzaga. And he really does it all. And the, 
Oklahoma, they really struggle defensively at the center. And I think he brings a lot of defensive IQ, um, length, and then he can shoot it as well. So I think he's he's probably one of the, the most raw talents in the draft. I think Jabari's a little bit ahead of him, but um, I think the one weakness I would say is he's a little bit of a smaller frame. Um, he definitely needs to put on some muscle and um, he could be he could be one of the top players in, in this class. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree because, you know, his frame, for some reason, the Thunder, they love these seven foot twigs because they already got Poku over there. Chet is way, way, way better than Poku, though. You mentioned the shot blocking prowess. You know, he can just and he's he's a good offensive player. It's that's really all that will hold him back is like you said, putting on weight, hitting the weight room and just getting stronger. Dylan, do you think Chet is a better fit than Paolo here for the Thunder? Yeah, I honestly think they, they need help at center. I agree with you, Thomas. I think defensively they gotta take a step up there. Um, I agree with both of you. He's gotta hit the weight room or at least hit like a McDonald's and put some weight on one <laughs> or another because the guy's pretty skinny. But uh if he can put the weight on, uh, I think he could be really he could be the best player in this draft class. I don't think that's too far off to say that he could be better than Jabari Apollo. Yeah, I agree. I think putting him with SGA, Dort. Giddy Thunder could be really getting back to being a good team sooner than we think. So I got number three, Houston Rockets, you know, take who's left Powell Benchero. I think Bancaro, excuse me. I think he's certainly going to be the pick. Well, if he was to fall to three, whoever does, whoever doesn't go in that top two, Houston likely takes. I actually think he's the best fit looking at the roster right now. They got Jalen green at guard. I Christian Wood. they have concerns about his attitude, but I think, he can be the center. I think Paolo can be the four. And I think, you know, he just – he needs to get better as a three-point shooter, but he has everything else. He seems like he can definitely score from the mid-range down low. He's long enough that he, you figure he can play at least solid defense as he matures. And he has a play – he has playmaking ability as well. Got Duke really far in the tournament. So I think he certainly has at least all-star potential at the very least. And I think Houston – now they have Jalen Green, Paolo. They're starting to build something there. What do you guys think of Paolo just as a prospect? What's your general thoughts? I, I like him. I am concerned with um, he had a lot of health issues with like cramping and like dehydration this year. Um, so that's definitely a worry for me because that can affect, you know, in a longer game than college um, in the NBA. It can affect his stamina a little bit. And that affects how he plays. You know, I think he's got a high motor. I think when he's in the game, he's a very good leader. He makes shots, make big plays, but I've, I have seen him play a little bit this year when he's kind of struggled a little bit. He, he can't really find his groove, but when he's in rhythm, he's definitely one of the top players, if not the top player in the class. And I know coming into this year, he was ranked as the number one um, mm. consensus recruit right. or like um, prospect in the draft. And he kind of fell off a little bit because Chet and Jabari kind of climbed. Uh, but I definitely think he's a good fit for Houston, like you mentioned. And I, I think him and even Christian Wood, I know you mentioned his attitude issues, but I think him and Christian Wood would be a good, a very good front court. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, you kind of mentioned uh, Paolo. I think someone I compare him to a little, and I didn't watch like a ton of Duke basketball. I watched the tournament. I feel like he's kind of a Towns level. Like, I feel like he's he's a great player. I'm not sure if he's got like the quote unquote dog in him to be like, maybe the leader of a team necessarily, but you know, he's also only 19. I think he's got time to grow into that role, but as a prospect coming in, that's kind of not skill wise, but like personality wise, that's kind of how I see him. Dylan, you have anything to add about that? 
Um, I agree. I think the health concerns is definitely something for me. I think actually that's why Jabari is probably ahead of the two of them is that Chet's got his size issues and Paolo's got his health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that him being pretty clean on both aspects has made him safer in that regard. But I, I kind of disagree. I think Paolo can be a really good leader. Um, I think he can actually be he also could stay claim to being the best player in this class. I mean, he is polarizing. He's exciting. I think you get to see more of his personality near the back half of the season. So I think he could easily be a superstar. And I hope that the health issues don't end up being a detriment to him and that he can stay on the court and have that longevity. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, you know, even though he goes third here, I think he certainly has all-star potential. Like we talked about. All right, Dill back to you. Number four, Sacramento. They jumped up to four here. Higher pick than they thought they were going to have. Who do you got? Um, dude, why did they try Tyrese Albert? Uh, yeah, no. we have, we. I was hoping we'd talk about it. ridiculous stuff. I don't know. Now they have Sabonis, who's a great player, but man, Halliburton could have been the guy for them, and now yeah. they got they lost a real great point guard there for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I think that was pretty dumb. But if we're gonna work with Sabonis, Fox here, you still believe in Davion Mitchell? Mm-hmm. Um. It's hard. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to take the big swing and go shade and sharp here <laughs> that he can pan out and work with Fox. Well, um, and I originally was going to take it the reserver and go AJ Griffin here, but I'm going to go with sharp. I'm going to take it the, okay. take the big risk, take the high swing here. You've got Sabanis and you've got Fox who can kind of be the more stable guys and hope that sharp pans out at the next level and has a pretty good career. Despite the fact we didn't see him in college. Yeah. Ball. Yeah, hasn't played since high school, so he has really no higher-level experience, but he projects as just a lethal scorer if you just look at what he did in high school. And, you know, a guy I thought might have gone here was Ivy. It seems like he has more polished, like, intangibles compared to Ivy, but the thing is he hasn't played it on a big stage where, you know, he figures maybe to be a better, like, more efficient scorer, but we just haven't seen it. But I think that's exactly what the Kings need because Fox can't shoot threes. He's, he really was scoring the ball at the end of the year, but he's still not a good three-point shooter. Sabonis doesn't shoot. Mitchell probably doesn't shoot either, really. I mean, maybe he'll develop it. but So, yeah, I think this is really who the Kings need, especially after trading Halliburton. Tom, what do you think about Sharp? Do you think that was a reach for Dylan there, or do you think that's a good pick? Um, Personally, I'm not very high on Sharp. Um, I like Jaden Ivey as a prospect better. I just think Jaden Ivey kind of reminds me of John Morant in a way, um, his athleticism and his ability to shoot when he, you know, when he can shoot the ball. Um, I would not have gone guard here though. I think, um, the Kings need some wing presence. Um, not that I don't like Jaden Ivy or sharp here. I think either of them could go at this spot. I think Ivy's a little more likely just because of the way he performed this year. And we haven't really seen much of sharp since high school, which is, you know, it's drastically different. Um, We've only seen a few players go, at least in recent times, go from high school straight to the NBA. I mean, you kind of look at like James Wiseman, who kind of, he played like what, like 10 games in college? I think last time. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much went there and he hasn't really, he's been injured. He hasn't really produced. Mm -hmm. And then you look at other guys and it just really hasn't done the same either. The one I can um, remember going straight to the draft is Anthony Simons. Yeah, right. He went straight there. He's coming on now. But it's taken them. There's been a learning curve. Mm-hmm. So personally, I like Ivy better than Sharp, but I would have taken Keegan Murray here. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to him soon. So Pistons on the clock at five now. So you've just talked about Ivy. 
but are you going to take him for Detroit here, Tom? Because Cade and Ivy, I'll let you talk about it. Who, who you got? Yeah, so obviously they got Cade Cunningham, but who else do they really have? I'm not exactly sure if they have anybody who's worth, you know, keeping on the team. Um, I mean, Stewart I like, but he's more of a role player. Yeah. So, uh, no one yeah, he's, right now. He's – they have a lot of – Issues. They got screwed, by the way, because they should have been this top three and the odds bumped mm-hmm. them down to five because you thought they were going to get a top three, one of those stars at the top, and they don't get right. it. Right, right. I, you know, I like Jaden Ivey. I think he kind of fits well here. I think him and Cade Cunningham would be a really good backcourt. Uh, I think Cade kind of pr- can play the more of the playmaker role, which I really think is his more of his role. I, you know, everybody – wanted him to be this, you know, 25 to 30 point scorer. And he just really wasn't because of his inconsistent three ball. But I think you allow Cade to be a little bit of a more of a playmaker because I think Ivy shoots the ball a little bit better than Cade. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you pair them together and it really allows Cade to, you know, take that next step. But then Ivy can kind of back him up. And it's almost like a uh, like the Bulls had this year with DeMar and Zach, you know, Damar kind of taking that lead scoring role allowed Zach to affect the game in other ways, you know, mm-hmm. dishing the ball out, but he still got his. So I think you see that here. So I think that the pick is Jaden Ivy. Dylan, do you agree that Ivy and Cade can play together? Absolutely. I think maybe it was a selfish kind of setup for the Pistons here. Cause I kind of like the Pistons. Maybe it's the Jets fan in me that like wants to, <laughs> for that underdog, that little engine that could right yeah. now. But I also really like Cade Cunningham. So I think to me, this kind of set, maybe my pick before was kind of a predecessor because it set them up well. I was hoping you'd take Ivy here because Ivy and Cade, I think, would be a really dynamic, like you said, kind of a Levine, the Rosen, kind of a two-headed scoring attack. Cade can kind of facilitate for Jaden, allow himself to kind of take that step up this year and really give Jaden a year to – do well and kind of get situated to the NBA and not have all that pressure because Cade's going to have a lot of that pressure on him in the first place. Um, yeah, I think they just work well. They'd be able to grow together. They're both young. Yeah. I, what you say, Tom? I want to say really quick, Joe, yeah. um, just looking at the roster, like I, I mentioned, um, mentioned there wasn't anybody else, but you know, there's Jeremy Grant there. But I don't I, know if he I, stays. Yeah. I think he yeah. goes and I think he gets traded. So the one thing I was going to say is I wouldn't mind them if, Sharp goes five or four. I wouldn't mind them taking a um a four like AJ Griffin or Keegan Murray in this spot. Yeah, I agree. Definitely is a good fit. And if Ivy goes fourth, I think Keegan might be the pick. But I I agree with you guys. I think Ivy, you know, he's six four, and maybe he's more of the point guard size wise. But I think Cade certainly can maybe play the point on offense, but be the two guard on defense. And then Ivy would, you know, take the shorter guys. I think Ivy's more explosive for sure. And like you guys were saying, I think it, I think it's a fit that works. They would have preferred to have a Chet or a Paolo or a Jabari, but I think they can make it work. They just have to surround those two guys with really good wing players going forward, and they have time to develop the team. So I think it, I think it's a pick that works. I agree with you guys. So I got Indiana number six here, and we've been talking about him. I think it's time for Keegan Murray to go off the clock here. Uh, go off the board, excuse me, because Pacers right now, we mentioned Halliburton, and I think he's really their franchise guy going forward. I, I really like him. Maybe he's not like, you know, best guy on a title team, but I think he can get the Pacers back in the playoffs. I still like Turner as an interior presence. They need wing guys. 
Keegan can play probably more of the four, but you know, he's got a high motor. He can rebound. He can shoot. He's quote unquote old. He's I think he's 21 or 22, but I'm, I'm always subscribing to the theory that like, you know, 21 years old. So what you got, you got 12 years of him. If he pans out, like it's, it's fine. So the Pacers, they need that kind of player right now. And as long as he can sustain his outside shooting, he displayed last year, I think he's going to be a really good player in the NBA and, you know, gives the Pacers a different kind of player than they've had because Sabonis, even though he was their four for a while, he's a different kind of player. I think this is a better fit with Turner and it will help them going forward. What do you guys think about Keegan? Obviously I mentioned, I really like him. I got to, I watched the uh, big 10 championship game when he went absolutely crazy. I think I was actually with Dylan. I think we were at his house and we watched that game and, you know, he, every turnaround, every mid range pull up, even the three ball at times and getting to the rim, um, and then on defense, he's just a, uh, he's got that length that, you know, you really want. And I think it is a really good fit for Indiana. He just kind of he fits the mold of what they like to do there. I feel like, yeah. you know, kind of that three and D wing type player. I um, mean, look at like Paul George in the past um, mm-hmm. and then other players. And I just think he's a really good fit for them. Yeah, I I agree. I think that you kind of touched on the defense. So I I realized they sucked on defense this year. So I was kind of trying to look up stats about it. And I found out they, this is the first time since 1998 to 99, that season that they were in the bottom 10 in defense. And this team is an identity on defense. And Keegan Murray is a guy who can come in, do it all really. He's probably one of the most polished prospects in the class. He's a defensive weapon though, as you mentioned, Thomas. So I think that's huge. And this is a team that I think they need, bring back TJ Warren. Why not? Um, and I really think this is a team that disappointed this year. I think this is a team that should have made a run, but injuries kind of got in the way, bad defense. So Keegan Murray can come in and I think he can answer a lot of those questions and why not? You got Halbert. And like you said, Joe, this team could be pretty good next year and Keegan Murray could take them that next step. I agree. And when you're saying you met, you said that like Indiana was bottom 10 in defense for the first time since the nineties. Yeah. That's Pacers have always had a good defense. I've always been a, you know, they're in the East, but I've always been mostly pro Pacers. They're always kind of enjoyable. I think they, like we said, great trade for Halliburton. Yeah, like TJ Warren, if they re-sign him, you know, they traded Levert now. Uh, I think the team has an opportunity. To, they have Buddy Heald to make some threes now. I really think they have an opportunity to, to start to get a real cohesive team again. Turner was hurt. Turner missing half the season is a big part of why that defense was so bad, but Going forward, I think they're going to bounce back and at least be not a top, not a bottom 10 team in the league next year for sure. So, Dylan, back to you here. Uh, seventh pick, Portland Trailblazers, their first time this high in quite some time. Ooh, I this is where I would love to trade a pick if we were doing that. Yeah. I, I don't think they stay at this pick, truthfully. I think that they try to trade it and maybe try to make a move for a better player maybe even an all-star kind of guy you could pair with Dame. I don't know who that is. That's a whole probably another pod you could have, Joe, speculating on that. (laughs) (laughs) But for here, for the sake of this mock, I'll go AJ Griffin. I'm a little surprised none of us didn't touch him yet. I think he had a slow start to the season to the point that we were on TD in the extra point, and I called him the third or even fourth best player. little plug there for our show. (laughs) On Duke, um, really did sleep on him, but he ended up becoming really reliable in the backstretch of the season, especially in the big games. And he's only 18, physical anomaly. I think he's only going to get better, and I think – you can think about pairing him with Dame and I think he can come in right away and maybe 
pretty much pick up where he left off and do well. But you can also think about a life after Dame and AJ Griffin could be at the forefront of that, whichever way you want to cut it, if they keep this pick. But I think I'd go AJ Griffin here. Yeah, AJ Griffin, you know, certainly an efficient scorer at Duke. He was one of the higher high, uh, high school prospects in his class. You know, there's some injury concerns, mostly stemming from his high school career. We'll see if they manifest. You know, that that can go either way. Sometimes it never touches them again. Other times it hampers them their whole career. I think it's the right pick. Tom, what do you think? Do you think AJ Griffin makes sense for Portland? I think it does. Personally, I would have gone with a guy who I loved heading into the NCAA tournament and then in the NCAA tournament, and that's Benedict Matherin. Mm. Uh, like they lost CJ McCollum and they had that kind of one, two duo with Dame and CJ. I think you can bring in Benedict and kind of get that similar, if not the same um, type of play between the two. Benedict Mather was just a crazy score. He's got the athleticism that's, you know, on unreal. Like the physical gifts that he has are crazy and, but he can shoot it with the best of them. Some of the shots he was hitting in some of those games in college were Absolutely crazy. Like jaw dropping. I think I showed Dylan a couple of them. I was like, look at this. Like, what is this dude on? Like (laughs) those type of plays. And I think he fits well with Portland a little bit better just because of their more, their identity is that high scoring, high, you know, high intensity, high, like high pace of play. And I think he fits with that. And I think he, he thrives there, but I don't mind the AJ Griffin pick here. I really do like AJ Griffin. Um, I just think Benedict Matherin's a little bit of a better score, whereas AJ Griffin's probably better all more better all around. But I think yeah. for Port for what Portland's looking for, I think Matherin's a better fit. Yeah, and I think you both made good points. I think I'm I like Matherin. I have Matherin ahead of AJ on my little Joe Tuman board. But here's my thing with Portland, and I think they're ever since Neil O'Shea, and he he deserved to be fired with all the stuff that was going on in the front office in Portland, all the behind the scenes. Uh, controversies, but their new interim GM made three horrific trades in the span of six months and then got promoted. I really don't like what Portland's doing right now. And the only solution, in my opinion, I get to do my little Portland rant, so I'm excited. They need to trade Dame. Dame's not going to want to trade, so they have to trade him. So my thing is, I think Matherin would be the right pick if Dame was off the team, and then you can have Simons and Benedict as your backcourt. And I think that's what they should do. But if they're going to be like, oh, we, we need to get back in the playoffs with Damian Lillard and quote-unquote compete for a championship, which isn't even going to be remotely in the cards for them, then I guess you take A.J. Griffin because you have Simon, you have Dame, and then you need to upgrade the wing for sure. And I think A.J. Griffin fits a lot better there. You have Nasir Little coming back as well. So, And I think that's probably what they're going to do because they're not being run very well right now, in my opinion. But I do think Benedict is the better player, but I do think A.J. Griffin – if Lillard's on the team fits better, if that makes sense. So with that in mind, going to eight to Tom, I'm not sure. Do you think is Benedict your pick here for the Pelicans who, as we mentioned, have the Lakers draft pick here? I've been looking at it for a little bit. Yeah. If Matherin falls, I think he's the one, but I really like, I think I really like Johnny Davis here. Okay. I think Johnny Davis cracks the top 10, if not, the 10th pick or so. Yeah. Um, Cause I just like the fit, you know, looking, I feel like the Pelicans are really close. I know, I know. they are maybe um, maybe a healthy Zion and a, a, a solid player away. 
from making some serious noise. And I think you look at they had um, Grand Theft Alvarado. Yeah, my um, guy. And they have, you know, they have a lot of size in Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. And then they have McCollum and then, you know, Jonas Valanciunas and then Zion. But I think they really do. They need a point guard or like a, a really solid guard. So I think if Benedict isn't, if, if Benedict is here, they take him. But I yeah. think if he's not, I think Johnny Davis is the pick here. But your pick for the, for the sake of the mock is Benedict, right? For the sake of the mock, it's okay. Benedict because so, of his elite scoring ability. And I right. think it would give, take some pressure off of Brandon Ingram a little bit while Zion's not healthy. Um, I think it would take a little bit of pressure off. So I think Benedict is obviously the pick here. Yeah, I, if they get Benedict at eight, man, the Pelicans are scary. If, if Zion just shows up and, and is ready to play, I mean, I think the Pelicans – you know, you can question the CJ Benedict fit, but like Benedict's taller than CJ. CJ is not necessarily a traditional point guard, but I think they can make it work in the playoffs. They're kind of already using CJ as the point guard anyway. And then you have Ingram, you got Jonas, Herb Jones, who's a really good defender, Jose, I, even Devonte Graham's locked up. He can at least come in and make some threes. I really like their roster. D- Dylan, do you think, what do you think of New Orleans and their situation right now? I was loving the Johnny Davis track you were going on, Thomas. I really wanted to see that happen, mainly because Pelicans would have probably become my most likable, the most likable team. My former guy in Ingram, McCollum, having Johnny Davis, a guy I really like. But I think it does help if you have Matherin there to kind of supplement the fact that Zion Williamson continues to gain weight and struggle to get on the court at all. Um, so if he can get in shape and get in playing shape, then having Zion, Matherin, Ingram, and McCollum is a damn good board. I, I don't blame him with all that Louisiana cooking, you know. It's hard to lose that weight. <laughs> That's for sure. Zion, but Zion does need to lose some weight so he can come back. He, I mean, Zion was awesome. Uh, just a season ago, he averaged 27 points a game, and that was a freaking Stan Van Gundy as his coach. But so going to nine, I have the pick here for the Spurs. You know, they got my guy DeJounte. I'm a big fan of him. Popovich coming towards the end of his career here. I think Johnny Davis, as we just mentioned, would be a really not only is it a good pick, it's a very Spurs pick. You know, he's got good defensive skills for sure. His lone deficiency, I mean, he's not the most consistent outside shooter, but he's also not, you know, atrocious. I think he can definitely develop that, especially in San Antonio with Chip England and other good shooting coaches they have there. And, you know, the Spurs, they just, they'll have like a defensive identity if they bring him. All of a sudden you got a backcourt of DeJounte and Johnny Davis. You got Keldon Johnson, Pirtle, Devin Vassell. If you just get one premier guy to go with those guys, now you're starting to have a real roster who, that can compete. They already made the play in. I don't know. I think that I think Johnny Davis at nine to the Spurs would be a really, really good pickup. I think he can do a lot of different things on both sides of the court, and I think it would work a lot. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, what the Spurs kind of embody is that kind of like the the fundamental kind of role playing the game the right way, ball movement, and then a lot of like leadership. And, you know, I think Johnny Davis would be a really good fit. He kind of checks off every box in my opinion. He's probably one of, I think he's one of the best guards in this class. Um, Got to watch him play Penn state this year, which was brutal, but no, I think it's a good fit here for San Antonio. Dylan, you have anything to add? You're talking about how much you like Johnny. Yeah, I love Johnny. I think this would be a killer pick. He's a very, as you mentioned, very Spurs pick. So I agree. Mm -hmm. 
All right, Dill. So now you're back on the clock. Wizards at number 10. They're in a weird spot right now. Some uh, rumors whether or not they'll trade Bradley Beal. They made a really odd Porzingis trade at the deadline last year. What do you see for them? What, what do you think they need to pick up here in the draft? Who you got? Yeah, I think I agree with you. It was a weird move, but it ended up being a pretty solid move. It was a move I know you were very not liking for either side. You didn't really like the Wizards side of it. You didn't like the yeah. Mavericks side of it. And it sneakily worked out for both parties. I mean, the Mavs, it's been good for Dinwiddie. He's mm-hmm. had a really good run. And Kristaps really played well towards the back half of the season with them. Um, I think Kristaps and Kuz, uh, I have my Kyle Kuzma heart still here um i i like that i i like the idea of possibly getting rid of beal so i'm gonna go with a weird move here a guy who was in the g league last year apparently lit it up at the combine shooting but he also had a 25 percent performance from the three line this year so we'll see how he transitions to the nba it's a high high risk but high reward swing. Uh, I'm going to go Dyson Daniels. I oh, think. okay. I thought you were going to go Hardy. Okay. No, I'm going to go Daniels. Go I'm going to go him. Kristaps Kuz is like your big three moving forward and hope that you can find a good package for Beal. Yeah. I mean, Dyson Daniels, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not watching the G League. I did, <laughs> but I did do my research. Seems like they're comparing him a little bit to Josh Giddy. You know, he has defensive instincts. He can pass the ball. Couldn't really make the three. Uh, you know, playing in a – he's not playing in college. He's playing in a professional-level thing. Giddy was in Australia. He's hes from Australia, but he's playing the G League. I mean, sure, Wizards need to make some Hail Mary-type things, and you could draft some of these wings that are coming up, some of these role-player guys, but might as well take a swing and try to get someone. What do you think of that pick, Tom? I like it. Um, I think Dyson Daniels has really climbed up a lot of people's boards because of his shooting. Um He's pretty quick too. He, you know, he ran the fastest shuttle time um, in the past two years at the combine. So, you know, he's a pretty good shooter when he, you know, when he's hot. And I think he stands at six foot seven and a half, I believe was his official me- measurement, not seven, six around or seven foot seven, six foot seven around there. And looking at their roster, they kind of need a guard to kind of be the main ball handler because Bradley Beal. I, I like him, but I definitely think he fits more of the two, even the three role sometimes. They need, you know, somebody other than Tomas Sadoransky, who Joe and I were <laughs> talking about the other day. He was yeah. asking me how I liked him on the Bulls, and I hate him. <laughs> um, hey, I was reading I was reading some, um, I think it was like some Washington, not the Washington Post, but some Washington Wizards like website. And they were saying some nice things about Tomas. They liked his passing at the end of the year. Yeah, well, his 30-year-old self can retire and get out of the league. But uh, I think Dyson Daniels kind of fits the Tomas Sadoransky role, really. Some, um, Sadoransky stands at six foot seven, about the same. Both have like that shooting guard type of play, but can really handle the ball as well. So I think Dyson Daniels is a good fit here. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. I wouldn't have made that pick, but I respect it. I think it actually makes sense especially because i think you're dylan i think you made that pick assuming beal isn't on the team right yeah yeah i I think that's fair i just probably would have like assumed beal was on the team even though i do think he'll be traded only thing i'll say real fast gonna be a lot more tomas sadaransky talk on the podcast when me and chris reynolds do our 2012 redraft pod that's coming soon but a lot of draft content right now on the podcast but anyway speaking of 
or moving on to Tom here at 11, the New York Knicks, along with the Kings, veterans of the draft lottery, who do you think they need to take here, Tom, as they massively disappointed after their surprise season two years ago? Yeah, they're, they have a really weird roster. Weird under, that's an understatement. Yeah. Like looking at the on paper, it looks like they should be, you know, in the top half of the East. RJ Barrett, Fournier, who's a really good shooter. Um, Quentin Grimes is a really good player in college. Like Quentin Grimes. Um, Emmanuel Quickly's a really young, good young player. Obviously, Julius Randle. The Cam Reddish, getting Cam Reddish, I think was a big a move. And I, I've they, always they liked him. Buried him immediately. I know. I always, I think they need to give him more playing time. I think I love Cam Reddish. I've loved him out of college. Um, And then they got Mitchell Robinson, Derek Rose. Yeah. Obviously I have a lot of love for Derek Rose. Yeah. Obi Toppin, I think can still grow a little bit. And then they have Kemba. So it's like on paper, why is this team not good? Like Mm -hmm. maybe they're getting a little bit. You left out my boy Nerlens too. What's that? You left out my boy Nerlens as well. Yeah, I'm not a big Nerlens fan. I think <laughs> he's a little wash, but um, I, I, I don't know why they're not good, but I just think that something they lack a lot is defense. I Which really is hilarious do. because mm-hmm. the tips are coach. Right. Yeah. You would think they would have, you know, some pretty good defense, but there is a guy in the draft and there's a college I'm sure you know is always producing high quality defensive players. And that's the Baylor Bears. They're always producing I players. Like I mean, like Davian Mitchell, everybody, like, you know, you look at that. So the guy I'm going with, I'm going to butcher his last name, <laughs> Jeremy Sochan? Sochan? I think it's Sohan. Yeah. Sohan? Okay. He's the, he's the guy on top of my board as well right now. Yeah. He's 6'9 from Baylor. Crazy, crazy good defense. He really is a 3 and D guy as Baylor produces – Every year. Mm-hmm. And I think for the Knicks, he just kind of fits. Like they don't really have that, you know, super that that wing player who's really, really good defensively. They have some who are approaching it. Like Cam Reddish is he's more of an offensive player, but he can play defense. Obi Toppin is not gonna do it for you. Julius Randle is obviously more of a scorer than defense. I just I really like Jeremy so- Sohan here, and I think he's gonna be a, a good player for them. I, I really like him as well. And I think it's funny how Baylor, just with one national championship, all of a sudden they went from, you know, guys, a team that would have juniors and seniors. They have two freshmen in this draft because Kendall Brown, I'm sure we'll get to him at some point as well. Jeremy Sohan, just, I, I just think he's going to have a motor to play defense at a high level for a long time. And I think that's all you can really ask for from a guy around, was this, pick 11? Yeah. That, that's a great value there. I mean, maybe he's not going to be a 20-point scorer, but with RJ there, with Fournier, I mean, Randall, they might trade, but you would even Quentin Grimes and quickly, like you, you hope you can make up the scoring and he'll just come in and Sohan will give you, give you the rebounding, the defense, and that's all you can ask for, really. Dylan, what do you think about that pick? Are you a fan of him? I like it mainly because I think Julius Randle severed a lot of relationships with New York Knicks fans. And I think the Knicks organization, I think it was just a toxic bond this year. I think Obi needs to take another step this year. I think you really want RJ to just continue his real strong back end of the year and become the face of that team. And you need one more guy, I think, as a 
another big, another talented big. And as you said, Thomas, they need defense. And I think Sohan kind of fits that bill pretty well. And I think, like you said, Joe, this is a team that you look at them, they should be in the playoffs. If you look at how the roster is laid out, kind of going from Randall to Sohan, you take a defensive jump. It allows other guys to thrive. If you can realign the minutes, make maybe another move or two in free agency. This is a team that's not that far off. So I think this is a good first step. So coming to me, Thunder with their second pick. They have this pick via the Paul George trade with the Clippers. One of the seven picks they got in that trade. Um, so they took Chet in this mock already. So the guy I wanted to take, I won't, I won't spoil it yet. We'll talk about him soon, I'm sure. I won't take him here because he's a big guy. Eh, I don't even really know who I want to take here necessarily. So I'm going to take another swig swing. I'm going to go Jaden Hardy here from G League Ignite, Dyson Daniels' teammate. And this is a reach, but I think for the Thunder, bringing in Chet, who's more of a short thing than most people in this draft, I would say, I think this is a logical risk. You know, he definitely needs to get uh, more efficient as a scorer, more consistent. I, he's also not necessarily a huge passer either from what I've been reading. Once again, didn't watch any G League games. But, you know, he still scored 18 a game against guys who've had professional experience playing in the G League. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a risk worth taking for the Thunder. It gives them a potential other guard to score because Shea's more of – he can score for sure, but he's also kind of a point guard. Lou Dort, he's kind of up and down. Giddy's more of a facilitator. I think if he develops, this could be a pick worthwhile for the Thunder. and. It could work out. What do you guys think of that? I think to me, um, I, I heard you kind of go, ooh, I don't know if I want another big. I wouldn't have minded double down and doubling down and getting another big here just because their bigs were so bad last year. And I yeah. think if you have Chet, could have went Eason here. I'm Eason from LSU. He's a guy yeah. I like um kind of did some that. Today, Mark Williams, I don't think would have been an egregious pick here, um, even though he is a center. I still think he could play power forward, come off the bench. I don't think it would have been that bad here. So I think adding another big wouldn't have been bad, but I like your mentality. I think getting another guard here isn't a bad play. So I think that's that's a solid move. Yeah, I I don't mind it. I, I definitely know. reached like in the Madden. Yeah. Thing, like it definitely is a little. I, I won't lie. It is a pretty big reach. I, I think Jaden. I, I think the thunder would do it though. Like I, I, wouldn't I be yeah, my opinion, Jaden Hardy is a second round talent. Okay. I, I just don't think he, you know, has the, the skill, like he's a skilled scorer, Right. But what else is he? he? He didn't show much of passing defense. He didn't really show much. I think he kind of, I think he slides to maybe the end of the first round or even into the second, um, just playing in the G league ignite, you know, he's a good player, but he's young. And I think that's an issue with a lot of these G league players and even like Shaden sharp, right. Is the, the uncertainty of them not playing in college mm-hmm. because the G league versus college is drastically different. So I I'm, I I'm okay with the reach. Um, I just don't know if it'll pan out. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, like when I, I made a list of prospects and I, I had them below like uh, five more guys that haven't gone yet, but I just feel like for this specific team, I think it makes the most sense for him uh, before we get a little further in the draft when maybe he would have gone instead. So back to Dylan, Charlotte at number 13. They they have a nice roster. They just need to get out of the freaking uh, play-in already. Well, who do you got for them here? Ooh, so I... 
based on the way we're going, Joe, you're going to have their 15th pick. So somehow we can right. coordinate here. Um, I might screw you up, though, because <laughs> I'm going to go with a, a big swing here. I think you mentioned, you know, they're kind of forever trapped in the play-in. But at the same time, you go with a guy who is maybe the most complete of the ones who aren't from this country. The prospects. I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to Serbia. I'm going Nikola Jovic. Oh, okay. I think he's a really good scorer. He can add a little more juice to that offense. And then I think that he's pretty good on defense sneakily. So I think he's just a well-rounded forward here that you can grab. And I think he's the kind of guy that with this 13th pick is a good pick who could grow and be a sneaky good starter for the long term. I'm not saying it's a bad pick necessarily. I had him like late twenties, but like it's same with the Jaden Hardy thing. Like you guys, it's totally fine. It's the draft to disagree. My thing is like, I don't know. I just, he can score. He might be able to play some defense. I don't know. I would have, I think Charlotte needs a big, I will address that with my 15th pick, but my thing is have the guard position knocked down. I mean, they have LaMelo, obviously, I think Terry, they should keep. I like Terry. I think he's a ballsy shooter, and we saw him in the playoffs with Boston, and if they ever get back to the playoffs, Charlotte, he can help them. I don't know. I mean, Miles Bridges, he's not a guard, but he can definitely score. And even James Book Knight, I mean, it's only been a year. He he was coming into the pros with a, a resume as a scorer as well. So I wouldn't have necessarily gone guard there, but, you know, it's not the worst pick in the world. I mean, he's he's playing overseas, so he has some pro experience. Tom, do you have any uh, thoughts on jo- Jovic? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, not to be confused with Jokic. Yeah, not not, not, they not, really the fake MVP, not the fake MVP. They really do play similar, though. Yeah. Um, he's kind of that big guy who moves pretty slow, but he for some reason he's good, and that's what Jokic is. He really is. I don't think he has as good as, like, passing or high IQ as Jokic, um, yeah. but I definitely think he has some talent. I feel like for Charlotte, I don't mind them taking a big, but I think they need a more athletic big um, who can kind of move, who's that rim defender. Not that I don't think um, Jovic is a, is a bad pick. I just think it's definitely a little bit of a reach. So, so you're saying Mason Plumlee isn't a top-tier athlete? He is, but um, <laughs> is he? I think they okay. need a little bit more depth than that. Um, okay. I, I'm actually not – I like – No, Plumlee. I like Mason Plumlee too, just not as a starter. No, exactly. That's what – yeah, exactly. I think they – you know, he's a good bench um, big. I think he can come off the bench and give you some – I like the way he plays with LaMelo and um, Miles Bridges and everybody. I like that. I definitely think they need a more athletic and even young, just younger, a younger big. So Yeah, that makes sense. So you got Cleveland's pick here, Tom. I loved Cleveland this year. And I really think if Jared Allen didn't get hurt, they're not a play-in team. They might have even gotten a couple wins in the first round against a team. Who do you think they should take here? I mean, I, I think they already have a really nice roster. Yeah, they really do, but they're extremely front-court heavy. Um, Jared Allen, Laurie Markkinen, Mobley, even Kevin Love, you can throw yeah. in there. Um, Okoro is a good player. Lamar um, Stevens. They, what's that? Lamar Stevens. Yes, our boy. He's a good player too. Should yeah. be an all-star. But uh um they what they lacked with Colin Sexton being injured is that guard play and mm-hmm. they're scoring. I really like Darius Garland. 
Yeah. Um, I oh. think he's a good player. I think he'll really excel as a point guard in the league. Karis LeVert has, really hasn't been I'm not same. a Karis guy. I'm, I'll yeah, be he really hasn't been the same since he got injured. And, you know, you hate to see that. But um, I think the pick here and a guy who I was very familiar with, I wrote a lot of articles about this guy. <laughs> I'm going with the dude from Kansas, Okai Agbaji. Okay. Okay. I think he like is crazy talented, killed everybody in the Big 12 this year, even in just in general in college ball. Probably was one of the best players in college. Like you're just looking at the raw stats. Yeah. But his impact on Kansas was crazy. And I I just love the fit here with, you know, Darius Garland's that kind of that playmaker, that ball handler. But I think um, you put Agbaji, who can play off the ball. He can come off screens, come off down screens, pop and sh- shoot and pop and everything. I really like his fit, you know, because I really don't think they need to go wing or even, you know, center here. I think they're super front court heavy. I think a guard is the only option. And I – I think he needs to go somewhere where he can contribute immediately so he can, you know, get his NBA career off the ground and be here to stay. And I think this is a perfect spot. I think just being he, – he scored 20 games, shot 41% for the national champion Kansas team, and he's not going to be the best player on an NBA team, obviously, but he can fit right in on this Cleveland team. They need the, they need the catch and shoot off the screen, three-point shooting for sure. Levert doesn't really provide that. He's more of an ISO guy. I really didn't understand the trade in, to begin with. Because I thought they were going to go for Eric Gordon at the deadline. I was really surprised that they went for Levert. Um, but, yeah, I think Agbaji will fit right in with Cleveland if they take him here. I Boys, I don't know how we let him fall this far. I really yeah. think he's going to end up going higher in the draft. You took um, Jovic over him, and I took Hardy over him. Because so. I think I think our mentality was, at least mine of the Jovic pick, was go with the big swings. But Agbaji's safe. I mean, he's a guy who is going to translate well, at least in my opinion, to the next level. So I think he's going to do well. And I think the rich get richer. I think Cleveland's going to be ecstatic to get him because they were so good last year and looked like they're only going to take that next step and only can get better really. Um, so I think getting Ibaji is a really good pick. And I think that they're going to get better from making this pick. And that's all you could ask for. That's going to do it for part one of our mock draft here. We're going to do all the non-lottery picks up to pick 30 of the first round in part two, but I wanted to split it up just not to make it too long. Uh, but that's going to do it for today. So thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for part two. And other than that, have a great rest of your day. Part two. We'll have the 76ers draft pick at number 23, so stay tuned for that.